you have so many different projects, but they all kind of have this same theme of like, sometimes surreal, sometimes kind of like mysterious, like mythological. I guess like fantasy mythology is something that very intriguing me. I feel that like I do have a lot of feminine power inside me. Even until now, I always do have this kind of a very soft or electric color that follow through my work. Or the, uh, the subject that I usually have in my artwork would be a woman. Mm. A lot of people was saying to me like, dude, that, that's very sexual what you do. And to me, I never felt like that actually. I, I think it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe to certain people, like they felt like this is very sexual, like they really shy to look at. But mm -hmm. for me, I never felt really shy mm -hmm. to explore that part of sensuality. I think soft power is very important and that's kind of like carry through my, all my creative work mm -hmm. really. So your introduction, who are you? What's your name? My name is Vicky Deng and I am a CGI director. I'm actually working uh, currently in Vietnam, but I also work with a lot of creative and also clients from around the world mm -hmm. as well, yeah. And, uh, and I also have my studio call from another with my partner. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. So I want to ask you today about your work in different countries and how you got started doing creative work. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to you about what you're working on now. So I want to begin today's talk by asking about kind of what got you interested in creative work? Was there something when you were a kid or something when you were in school that got you really, really interested in doing creative things? So I grew up in a very normal family. It's like a, like a middle income family in Vietnam. And just like any other Asian parents, my parents give us everything that they didn't have or didn't get when they were younger. So that's why I got to study abroad before like around five, six years. Wow. Yeah. But I grew up always felt like a bit out of place here in Vietnam. I thought I could find the answer when I traveled to another country, but it, it didn't really help. Like I even got more confused. Because I grew up with a very strong like uh, female figure in my family, which is my mother. Um, for me, it was I always wanted to fight the purpose, like what what am I good at and what what make me feel move or what do I love? And uh, it it wasn't easy. And even when I got to study abroad, I felt even more out of place. Because now, like. Didn't, I didn't belong there, but I didn't, I don't, I didn't feel like I belong here as well. So what, what is it that make me, would make me happy? Mm -hmm. And then I found digital art and 3D. And right at the, the end of the, 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 the year, like the last year that I got to stay there. So I spent my time just doing that. And, and for, for the first time I felt like very happy and complete. And even though it's just, I think it's just like for anyone as like even painter or animator, when you found something that you feel like you can tell a story of yourself, you can express it, you feel like the world make more sense. And I think, I think 
because I got to use, be able to use something to tell my own story or my thought. And I just, I just, in the world for me, just make more sense for me now. So yeah, that's how I got into doing art. And it wasn't because of like any figure or anything. It's just kind of like, I tried many things. And finally, I just, I was so lucky to find something that, or maybe this is, this is the, how I should go into more to find, find my way throughout this life, make, to make life make sense yeah. to me. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so interesting. So you, you've kind of found digital art at the end of your study abroad yeah. time. So where were you studying abroad? I was studying in the UK. Okay. Yeah. And I did uh, four years in a bachelor as a fashion retailing. I thought fashion is the way to like uh, be closer to creative, you know. But when I did it, I it didn't click for me. And also, it was more about business and supply chain. Uh, so, like, yeah. And after that, like, three years, I felt like okay. I just like asked my mother, like, at the last resort, like, okay, can you give me one more year for me to make up my mind, you know, like what I want to do? Because obviously. I was graduating and I was like, I don't, I didn't do enough. Or I didn't feel motivated enough to do anything after that. So to give me one more year for, in condition that I would do something during that time, not just one year being in a pro and do whatever I want. So I decided to do like a master degree. And for the whole of that year, I just, I just like, scrolling and I saw some really nice work and then I did a bit of research how to make it and then and then I just started doing it news that year to learn how to do like digital art how to do 3D how to get to know this whole technology thing and because at that time everything was so new like for like the 3D has always been around but it was uh it was kind of that that time it was like the time where 3D tool become easily accessible for like user like me, like beginner. It's not like an industry, something like so far away, like in like BFF or Hollywood film, I think like that. It was like Blender, it was free for everyone. And then I decided to pick up that tool and to, to just learn how to do things and and things just came, over, <laughs> came out from that, yeah. Completely self-taught. Yeah, in terms of all of the 3D artwork that you do. Yeah, totally. So, to, I, I mean, YouTube is my teacher. Yeah, that's amazing. YouTube tutorials are amazing yeah. these days, especially for software. I know, like it's got even so much better now. Like you can you can learn you can any question you can find there. It, when I first started, it it was a bit harder, and tool was slower. But you know, it's just the fact that a, a free software to to give into and like any student can use that free software and to learn thing is so helpful because like as student you wouldn't have money to pay for right just big subscription and stuff and yeah that was like that was, uh, to me i couldn't believe it was free yeah i was like that must be a joke they could have made so much money <laughs> and blender is blender still free it's still free yeah people can learn it because the founder he's he wanted to make something free like that for everyone, it open source, like anyone from like young to old can 
pick up this tool and to learn to do it. It should not be uh, kind of privileged art, like, or it's not should not be hard to learn this kind of technology. And uh, yeah, and they the company really kept that throughout mm. as well. So that's awesome. So it was totally accessible for a student like you. Yeah, to, I know. To pick it up and go. Oh my gosh, I can do. This feels right. Like you said, yeah. it just kind of clicked when you found that. Yeah. So what kind of things were you making? Like you went from kind of fashion and fashion retailing yeah. to creating digital art. So what were you making when you first started? I guess it's like, I I feel like I do have a lot of feminine power inside me. So when I first started, I even until now, I always still have this kind of a very soft or electric color that follow through my work. Or, or the uh, the subject that I usually uh, have in my artwork would be a woman. Mm. Uh, usually that, and and a lot of the theme is about sensuality, feminine empowerment, and sexuality as well. I felt like, you know, like when I first started to do that. Of course, when if you look at the, my earliest work, right, is there's a lot of like sometimes looking at it, I was like, oh my god, but. <laughs> I think every creative has that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's actually make like give me the foundation to go and develop. Like, you know, it's when you look at everything as a journey, you're like, wow, I did. Thank God I I went far. <laughs> but then when you so found true. my order where there was a lot of like naked women, I wasn't shy at all. I would just like I just I would put like them there. Like of course it's not like nude or porn, but it's like very like a woman body but yeah. usually a bit alien yeah and uh in the color of like pink purple or like you know very electric type color mm -hmm. and i remember i was doing doing all of that and um when i stopped uh my master degree so i had to go back uh to go back here and a lot of people was saying to me like dude that, that's very sexual what you do and to me, I never felt like that, actually. I, I think it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe it's, it's to, to certain people, like they felt like this is very sexual, like they're really shy to look at. But for me, I never felt really shy to explore that part of sensuality, feminine and sexuality. Like, I think it's a part of being a woman. Like, you, you, you can't not just not have it at all i think soft power is very important and that's kind of like carry through my all my creative work mm -hmm. really yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah when i looked at your work too like like you mentioned there are some things that are yeah they really do focus a lot on like on sexuality on female body and then as you were talking about these kind of alien or sort of otherworldly or kind of like almost like like they're like digital beings almost some of your creations are too so did you have kind of some kind of influence that made you want to create these sort of like almost science fiction like kind of mm. creations? Like you have a mermaid in like a in a car under the water, oh, I yeah. think, in one case. Like did you have some kind of influence that you thought, oh, I want to try to make something like that? Yeah, it's a good thing that you remind me of that piece actually. Is um I think for me, I think mermaid symbol is so like intriguing. It's like it's like a taboo at the, like at the same time. And I think it's also similar to like woman sexuality as well. I feel like at that time, now it's definitely like everyone talk about it more, but at that time when I was growing up 
and when I was studying a pro as well, I feel like uh, female sexuality is not, like it's being seen as something that mm, you don't like really, you can't really talk about it freely or express about it freely. And like being an Asian, sometimes I feel like that you should not be talking about. Like, you know, it's not because people put it on me, but because that's how I grow up. That's my culture as well. I guess like fantasy, like fantasy uh, myth, mythology is something that very intriguing me to uh, explore that part. And it's fairy tale, like, you know, like as a girl, I did enjoy a lot of fairy tales, especially about a mermaid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think lots yeah, of little girls that. So, But I just felt like it's always like, I didn't have like, um, I didn't, I just felt like it didn't have like a, a really safe, I don't know, like um, when I saw all, how people portrayed it when I, at that time, I felt like it was not really a safe uh, way to portray a female sexuality. So that made me want to create something like that, that I feel, but not sexualized, but safely to express the feminine way, femininity and sexuality. So that's, I guess, like, that's how, that's my influence as well, like, because I'd never seen anything that do it like, like, do it like that. So it's just kind of create my own word. That's how I would see it. I see. Yeah. So when you say that you felt like it wasn't, like, kind of safe to express yeah. in that way, what do you mean? Like, what was, like, not safe about the way that, you know, like, in this case, a mermaid, had been shown before. What did you feel was not safe about that? I think the mythology about mermaid, they're like siren. So like, they're like either, okay, aside from Disney thing, that we forget about that part. That's like a nice mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like fall in love and got like, you know, the love thing happened for two hours. Yeah. But, they <laughs> but there's like other kind of like mermaid mythology about siren, how like they attract male, attract men and a sailor and that's they and when they get them they drown them they kill them yes like you know so brutal but i i mean and then there's like also like story they say like actually because of the sailor they stay on a ship for so long so they just look at the sea lion and they thought it was a mermaid and then sit and kill them anyway <laughs> i never heard that one before oh my god there's one it's so funny uh, and uh so yeah i mean like and then in film you see like like you know aside from disney like you see mermaid being being seen as like an evil kind of force from the from the sea and uh and then when they attract the their male or the male uh, like human they kill them it's just like no like, i mean why mm. and like I mean, they human too. Probably it's fish. They don't hit it human. Yeah, that doesn't really make much sense. What did the mermaids have against humans? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, so they like zombie as well. So they eat human. It doesn't make sense to me. But I feel like the way the the mythology and film portray mermaid as an attractment and kill them. That's the only way they know how to portray a sexual being. Okay. Yeah, and and like. Oh, yeah, like to me, I, 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 I think there's a lot of thing more to that. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, they could be sea lions and then I guess they kill human too. That could be as well. <laughs> so you saw that and you went, yeah, like why do we keep 
thinking about, you know, like these kinds of mythological creatures or these kinds of like, you know, science fiction type creatures as evil beings or things that are kind of destructive. So you started making things that were just expressing different sides of femininity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think also in mythology on like attractive kind of like being or a sexualized being that are evil. I don't know why, like, and they're not. <laughs> I would guess, like, I feel like in those stories, it's like, I feel like the underlying, the message behind a lot of those stories is that like, somehow sexuality is evil or sexuality is bad or it's bad to have like very normal, like urges, that kind of thing. So people tell these stories about, you know, these beautiful people, these beautiful creatures as being like, you know, something that will kill you. Yeah, I think exactly. it's probably like maybe people were trying to I don't know, maybe teach youth a lesson or teach people a lesson yeah. about controlling themselves. But so they are just basically like that's what they're wanting. Like you should not follow something so beautiful. I mean, yes, yeah, true. But at the same time, like, like, I think we are more com more complicated than that. Like as a, a, a woman who embraces their truth and their what they want and their sexuality doesn't mean that she's a bad person or she just she know what she wants. So she will always be clear about it. Like so, so if people portray that it's bad, then it's just them they actually thinking bad yeah she never say that you yeah know? Like, it reveals more about the person about the person who thinking that exactly thought. yeah exactly so that's, that's that's why i felt but yeah i guess like that's actually a, now that we talk about it it's actually affect like that kind of like the team that follow with me a lot when when i break something as well mm, that's cool that's really cool i love hearing that because i'm looking at your work seeing all kinds of like the different ways that you express the feminine form then and thinking about that. Like I can see kind of that thread in a lot of your projects, which I hope we can talk a bit about mm -hmm. um, later. So I want to kind of go back a little bit to, you mentioned that you studied abroad in the UK and then you said you got your master's degree. You came back to Vietnam to get your master's degree. And so now you're working primarily in Vietnam or are you working in other places? Oh, as wait, well? you say like came back to Vietnam. Uh, for your master's degree, no, 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 is that no, right? No, actually in the UK. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Okay. In the UK, yeah. Okay, so you got your master's, de bachelor's degree and master's yeah. in the UK. And then you came back to Vietnam after that? Yeah. Okay, and so currently you're working here in Ho Chi Minh City. And then did you also have some work in Shanghai yeah, as well? Yeah, mm. So like I came back for like one year and a half and then I I quit my car, like my job back then, and I went. I decided to like send for, apply for a, a job somewhere else. Again, that's the story of not fitting in. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and then I got an offer, an offer in uh, Shanghai, mm -hmm. and I went there for two years. Cool. Just and then of course because of COVID, that's why I came back here. I see, well. I see. Yeah. What kind of work were you doing in Shanghai? I was a mo like a motion designer for Wyden Kennedy and oh, cool. agency. Yeah. Very cool, yeah. very cool. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I, it, it was a really exciting opportunity actually, because like, even though Vietnam and China is so close, but we, but I never really like explored that culture so much, I guess because we have a lot of similarity as well. So kind of have the assumption of not to do that. But when I went to Shanghai and China, I met 
like I think that was like a very important kind of period for me as well to be an adult and to try to find my way and to defy what do I do with my art as well. Um, because first, like I came back and I was kind of like still work, like try to apply job in a company. Like I was working like on a daytime there, but at nighttime I would do my art. Wow. Yeah. And uh, but like it's really, it's really was a bit too much as well. Like as you, like you can do it for a short time, but like you know you start to realize like okay, what what do I need to do with this? I kind of maintain both life like that. Right. And uh, and I was I didn't have the courage yet to just like no I like I'm gonna go with my art. So when I arrived to Shanghai, it was like a like like really important time because I decided because I met a lot of different creative. I saw a lot of different opportunity things that like because China is such a big market. Mm -hmm. Like you can. You can do anything you want, really. Like, and 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 they are not like they are their own market as well. So they are not like being influenced so much from the West or even Southeast Asia. So people are really super welcome for new creative energy. Interesting. Yeah. So like, I felt for the first time I felt that my art wasn't weird. Cool. Because like here I felt. Like a bit like uh, maybe it doesn't fit, you know. Okay. But uh, when I got there, like everyone was doing such a crazy work. Cool. So this mind is not weird. I'm just like normal now. Like, it's great. Oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah. So that, that taught me a lot. So um, I know then that's when I realized also like the world is really big. Hmm. And that kind of shaped the way I was thinking about how how I would approach and to do my work and make it become a business that actually. Help me to do what I love. That's so cool. Yeah, that's I love that. So that brought you with COVID. Then that brought you back to Vietnam, and you carried this mindset with you into your work here, doing artwork here as your full-time job. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Definitely, it was a COVID was hard for everyone, but it was a time for me to just like sit back and it was like, okay, so what do we do now? Like with this, you know, and especially I was like, I got out of the job already, so. And uh, I met my partner Robin, and uh, and he really helped me a lot in, like, ensuring, ensuring, and like give me the confidence that to be like, you can do it, like you know you can, and and that's how we started uh, from another studio. Awesome! I want to talk about that next. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you doing from another studio at the same time as you're working with Monopo, or? Uh, Yeah, with Monopol, I th uh, is uh, we have a creative partnership. So okay. when there's project that we feel like oh we can benefit from each other, we will come together, pitch or to work with each other. Okay. But from another studio, it's only me and my partner. It's uh, it's on just for us to uh, decide which project we want to do, what kind of thing we want to invest in, and like you know, and which kind of people we want to work with. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a lot about that because looking at you know the Instagram of your account and looking at the works from that, it looks like you have so many different projects, but they all kind of have this same theme of like sometimes surreal, sometimes kind of like mysterious, like mythological. Sometimes they're physical projects. It looks like too. Like, can you talk a little bit about what kinds of things you're focusing on with your work at From Another? I think From Another is not supposed to be like a 3D production house or 
a creative agency. I think if you look at it, it's like a collective creative studio. Okay. Right? And uh, we try to let each other to allow us, allow us, for me, also Robin, to try to do many things at the same time. So like, because our background is like, Robin Barrow is really good. He's, he's a directing and, you know, advertising and music video. For me, I'm in like 3D and post-production. But when we come together, we, uh, we kind of combine this skill to try to do like all like different kind of uh, visual and, and different kind of output. And then, but we also like, like to, we also work with other creative as well, who's like 2D or 3D artist to, um, to like, to try to get something like a different outcome. Okay. You know, like it's, if we all we, all we do this, what we love to do, I think we, we, we like, our work are always going to look the same. Mm -hmm. So which from another, we want to invite everyone to kind of work together and come up with ideas and how to make things work as well. Mm -hmm. And we also work with like different DOP and a different uh, writer for a certain type of project, depending on what, what they need for that. Okay. Yeah. So you and your partner form kind of the core and then depending on the project, you work with certain collaborators yeah. to create some kind of outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Th that's, the, that's how we see it. Of course, we have to have the core to be like, yeah, we want to make some, the core of our another is to make something that everyone that in that project would love to do. Mm -hmm. So like we choose a project, sometimes it's not just based on like, this plan is big or uh, uh, this is, the budget is not enough or anything. We, we kind of like, we choose it on like, does this inspire you? Mm -hmm. So then we can do it yeah. together Yeah. as well. Of course, like this need to be a certain minimum of not like making everyone overworking. Of course, yeah. Yeah, overworking, but I think the core is just like, do something that like you know different and people were uh, like you guys would love to sh to talk about it yeah inspired by it yeah so you're choosing things that are of course inspiring and help you and everybody involved to grow yeah and it's like as creatives and make new connections and i think that that's so great like it's hard to have that kind of opportunity because i think a lot of people are in kind of especially in creative positions where maybe they belong to a company mm -hmm. and they only do the projects that are assigned to them. So maybe they're not interested in the client or not interested in the work, but that's what they have to do. Yeah. But in your case, it sounds like you have the ability to choose yeah. like whether or not you want to work with something or work with somebody or work with a certain client. So that must be kind of freeing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the point of having from another really. We like because I have experience working in an agency already, and I I, I think it's uh, it's work. Like you know, a lot of really good agency out there, but uh, I feel like I really prefer that the people that I work with my team because we have we we small we we don't go really crazy big. Mm -hmm. Like, we, but like I I for me I can I'm a really perfectionist, mm -hmm. so I can only trust a few people. And, but after years of working together, we grow a certain trust and I kind of want them to feel like they're part of this family and I want them to do something that they like, mm -hmm. love to do as well. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can be like that is we stay small and close. I see. 
But once you go big already and you take big risk like iron or anything like that, I think that take away the freedom okay. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've I experienced the same thing that like when you grow as even as part of a company, it's exciting to be successful. Yeah. But you slow down because there are more people involved and so you have to consider different kinds of, you know, decisions that impact others. But if you stay smaller, you can be a little bit more flexible often. Yeah. So that's, I think I'm maybe similar. Like I definitely prefer to be as lean as possible mm. like, to keep things super flexible because it allows you to be a little bit more free for sure. Yeah. Um, a quick question then, what does from another mean? What did you, what was the reason you chose that name <laughs> for your collective? Actually, um, our website is called from another love, from another dot love. Mm -hmm. So f I guess like from another is always about like, it's never just for yourself. It's just always from something else and uh, at another place. Mm -hmm. So like in the, and actually the whole name is from another love, but we thought it was too cheesy and it's just shade already. So we would decide to do a website from another dot love and would the company just from another. Okay. But the core is the love I and see. the passion in it. and. Even if we want to change to, it's a kind of easy word to match with anything, like from another, like studio, from mm. another fashion, from mm. a, like you know, like so. But yeah, the 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 we wanted to be really abstract as much as possible, yeah, and and, and let everyone kind of play with the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Then that's cool. So, um, in terms of some of the projects, like in looking at the Instagram from from another, it looks like. One of the most recent projects was a, it looks like a physical like installation. There were some like gorgeous like night scenes of like this, uh, I guess some visual art that was like lights, like illumination uh, type yeah, events. Lumina. That one looked like it was, that looks like a very recent project that was gorgeous and very well received. Like, can you share a little bit about what kind of recent projects you've done with From Another? Uh, I think that one we did it during the COVID. Okay. And, uh, it was a Robin team to manage that. And basically we have like someone like a partner in China and we, and basically Lumina, like uh, the, the company from Canada, they, they came, they asked us to uh, have to set up the, the lighting okay. for uh, in the forest in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and so we happened to have uh, the people like to have the um, some people there to help with them as well. So it was like it was really beautiful. Like they had to stay in the forest for like for for like two days to set that off, and like and before that they do production for like one like one week or something like that. And uh, the and it's there forever. So cool. I mean I think it's gonna be there forever, but at least five years. Oh wow! So yeah. people can go and see it now yeah, if they you want can, to. Yeah, you can you can go and see it now, oh, like cool. anytime. Yeah. It's, Where is it? It's in like a forest outside Shanghai. A outside Shanghai. Yeah. It's, okay. it's in the whole forest, so like okay. it's a experience, very seclusive. You don't have so much light, so mm -hmm. like it. It was like one of the. It's also like something that from another really want to do as well, like installation, art installation. Cause like, I also feel like sometimes we experience things on just a phone or just a black screen is getting very like limited, you know? And uh, yeah, art installation, when we did that, we felt like how amazing something looks so simple on your phone, but then when you actually put it in a place like this, 
it's just like changed the whole atmosphere. Right, you know? for sure. Yeah, like that kind of immersive art experience is really exciting. I think those are getting more and more popular yeah. for sure. So then you do a lot of like 3D art, CGI art that looks at so many different cool forms. And I like in the projects of yours that I was looking at, you've done, uh, for example, the, the couple that really stood out to me, there was one, I think it was a music video that you did that was called Night Goggles, where you yeah, were, yeah. You had like this invisible person like yeah. running around like, but like the body you couldn't see, but you could see only like the, the clothes, clothes yeah, right? Yeah. And the goggles on that person. Like, do you want to have, you know, like your, you were just talking about how we tend to experience so much art through our phones. Do you want to have opportunities to showcase your art, your digital art in kind of these immersive experiences? Like, do you have some concepts in mind for how you can show your art or exhibit your art in these kind of more physical ways, so it's not just online? To be honest, I would love to answer this question, but I'm still really thinking about that. Like, I, I, this, this is something that I have, like, for me, it's like the next step. But I, for me, I still haven't locked down, like, what I want to show yet, mm -hmm. like, the story about it. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, like that's definitely the next step. But for now, it's not like I don't have like a clear concept on how I want to do it. But that's definitely something I want to go go down as a path as well. Because I saw a lot of like, I saw a lot of, of artists as well, like when they take the digital to the physical space. And there's so many good ones like in the, in the States and also in Europe. Uh, that's that's like the path that I also want to try to 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 create my own world inside a space. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I've seen people using like AR mm. along with physical artworks, and you know, there's so many different ways that people are exploring the use of yeah. technology for sure. I actually do want to have like more like a physical sculpture and like product that's go out with it. Just like, <laughs> just like I haven't got to that point to do it yet. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, I, I really think AR is pretty cool. VR is pretty cool. But for me, it's still digital, you know. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to create like a textile, like kind of world that you can touch it. Yeah. But uh, like, but I guess it's kind of come from the fact that I used to be like doing fashion and stuff. Mm -hmm. and I refer the feeling of textile, you know? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. Kind of going back, you started in fashion and then you took this path, you know, Vietnam to UK, Vietnam, Shanghai, Vietnam. Like you have all of these different influences kind of coming together in your background and in your creative work. Like, do you think that those, those experiences have really made your artwork really unique and really special? Um, I, 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 sorry, I'm really shy with compliment. That's my oh. Asian blood in here. It's like, I don't know what to <laughs> well, do maybe, with that. Let me Thank you. Let me <laughs> rephrase, let me rephrase. What do you think is maybe different? Like if we can kind of imagine, like if you never left, if you had never left Vietnam, but you were still doing artwork compared to, you know, having this experience from UK, from Shanghai, like, do you think that you gained unique experiences that influenced your artwork now? Yeah, definitely, definitely being in different country, travel and, and talking to different people from different culture really shaped me for who I am and what I think about the world. I, I don't think I would be the same person if I was gonna stay here and never left, you mm -hmm. know? I think I, w I would have been very 
where I feel very out place still, mm -hmm. you know, like, and traveling, the more I travel and the many different kind of people that I met really opened my, my point of view as well. And also because of that, that type took me to where I am today to be able, I, to be honest, I am also like really extrovert people, like a person, and I, I like to talk like and to discuss about things with people from a different, really different mindset, and that really uh, helped me to learn a lot as well. Yeah. And and yeah, like I think like for me, I never I my goal because my work also get inspired a lot on relationship, people and human, how we interact with each other. So if I didn't have that, I would have not have the depth to to create what I had already created. Yeah. Cool. Super cool. So then I want to continue um, considering like the people who watch and listen to this series are kind of people who are interested in other countries and other cultures and are and are interested in creative work too. What do you think is exciting about working in another country or another culture or another language in your experience? What was like the most exciting thing for you? That's a good question, actually. I a lot of people, like a lot of people ask me that too. I think the fact that you are nobody, that makes it really exciting. The fact that you're nobody? Yeah, because you, you start there. everything fresh. Oh, that's true. You can, you can do anything you want. You can, of course, you need to have your background, you know, but like from there, no one know you. You can get the first introduction of who you could be and what what you could do as well as super fresh. Mm. Sometimes when people kind of like know what you do already, they used to see your work already, it's kind of like, it's, it's a good, also a bad thing at the same time because like they, if they see so much of your work, they get bored. That's like, oh, I see this artist, let's yeah. move on, you know? And, uh, but when you like travel and, and you go to a new foreign place and you're the, you're the new person being there and no one's seen anything that you have done, you have all the opportunity to, oh, let's prove this one, Let, let's, let's show it, let's, let's sell it, like, you know? And I think the new part, the, that's the opportunity. Cool. Yeah. Then the other side of this question then, what do you think is challenging about working in other countries and cultures? Mm. I think the culture, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't go in and be like, here's my cool work. And people will be like, like this, like people will be like, oh yeah, cool. But you know, like how do you transform that work and your, your ability to adapt your work to make sure that the audience, the people that you, you work with or you, or you do the work for actually, uh, actually love it and then like you guys fit with their culture but also you can be able to just keep your own creative uh and like creative inspiration as well i think that's a challenge because like i think i my goal is to be like someone like uh, my goal is to be like someone like not just have one style of visual but someone to be able to like translate adapt but also being able to keep a little bit of the messages that I have mm -hmm. to go into every work that I do. Like, I, I don't believe just like doing this one sculpture or one one figure for the for all of the work. I, I don't, I think it might just be limited. I see, Yeah, I see. Well, I mean, it already sounds like you have a really strong understanding of 
the key themes of your work. So it sounds like you'll be able to continue yeah. making things with those those core elements of yourself in mind. Like that sounds like something that you're already doing for sure. Oh, I mean, like yeah, I mean, I'm, we, yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But yeah, I love the big challenge. Really, like someone when like like because I like, I like to do like you know art exhibition as well. I think it's art work is a it's another side, but I also really enjoy doing like commercial work at the same time. I think those kind of work really hone my skill to how to contextualize, rationalize what I try to say, what I try to tell to them. Mm. And from that kind of skill I got from working with those kind, those clients, when I go back to my art world, like for me, it's important for me to have that carry on as well. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really like abstract work. I think it's the I think it's the core of of, uh, of art really because like when you look at something abstract, you can think of many things. But for me, storytelling is important as well. So like from looking at an artwork like abstract like that, I also want it to flourish mm -hmm. to have a message, a story around it as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Great, that's so cool. I yeah. love that so much. Um, continuing kind of like giving your a bit of advice then, when you look back on your experiences, is there anything you wish you had done differently? Something you wish you had not done or something you wish you had done? Is there anything like that in your experience? Mm, I actually don't regret anything that I did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I guess like, yeah, really, I, I didn't, I think I'm, I think I have finally this I'm turning 30 this year. Okay. So like, finally, I actually be able to say that I'm finally feel like quite in my place. Cool. At this time, like, you know, like, uh, because of all this experience, even the mistake or, or like the thing that I didn't do, but because of all of that is make me, help me to arrive here. So I, I, I really happy for where I am. Like That's cool. what, I, what I can do now. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask you, like you talked at the beginning about how you felt out of place here in mm -hmm. Vietnam, but now here we are back in, talking in Vietnam. Like, do you feel now that you are not out of place now? Do you feel like you're I don't, in yeah. place? That's so interesting. It's the same location. It's the same location. you're the person that's changed. Yeah, I'm the one who just changed, really. I think when you found something that you really like to do and it makes sense to you the world at anywhere really doesn't feel so foreign anymore mm. and I, I think that's the important part as mm. well even when i talk to my uh, designer and uh, my teammate and they they're a bit younger than me as well like in some time when you like at that age of 20 something like mid 20 you feel like sometimes you feel lost even though you're talented but you don't know what you do with this, you know. Yeah. And uh, well, I just tell them like it's just the phase right now that your life has to be turbulent, so that later this turbulence is gonna make you decide what you want to do. So it's a part of it. So experience it, accept the turbulence, even if it's crazy. It's, it's let it go crazy because once you get that, get out of it you will know more about what you want. Mm -hmm. I think the saddest part is to not know what you want. Mm. And I think because you don't know, then you keep making mistake and mistake. Yeah, if you don't give yourself the opportunity to find the kinds of things that make you happier, that make you feel a sense of purpose, mm -hmm. 
then you might get kind of stuck in that feeling of turbulence for a long time, yeah. for sure. So I think having those opportunities to find inspiration and to try new things and grow and meet other people, yeah. it's so valuable because you never know. You never really know, yeah. What the next connection is gonna be. That's always so amazing to me. Yeah. Um, coming to towards the end of our talk then, I have a couple pretty, maybe, maybe easy questions then. Um, a big one though, who inspires you? Or is there anybody that you think, oh, I would love to collaborate with that person? Mm -hmm. Like, I think the person that I would love to collaborate with uh, is uh, Woodkid. Woodkid? Yeah, Woodkid. He's a music director, singer, songwriter, graphic designer, and 3D artist. Everything. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, multi-creative. Multi-creative. He's very versatile person. And I really respect someone who can give direction and be able to execute it. I think that's a solid, the heart and the, the heart skill and the soft skill combined together. I think that's someone, if you work with them, they would never put so much pressure on you like that, you know, because they know how, what would, what would it take to make something like, like this. Mm -hmm. So would kid, definitely the person that I, I really respect his work. And, Everything that he does does not like even it's not even like trendy. Like he doesn't care about trends, so that's just perfect. He has his own visual, his has his own direction. But he very versatile. He can also direct for other musicians as well. Mm -hmm. So like that's definitely the person I want to work with. But then if talk about two D artists, and then I would I would recently I saw a South Korean artist. Her name is. Sang Mong, yeah, and uh, she have such a beautiful to make such beautiful and intricate, intricate like painting, digital painting of like woman, and like in a very surreal. It's a bit like scary if you look at it though, like you know. But then it's so it's scary, but it's not. It's beautiful, but it's uh, it's actually make me feel like. Like, you know, Fighting exciting, yeah. You want to know more, but every time you look at the detail, you're like, oh, God. She's like very taking care of her detail, cool. of everything. So I really respect perfectionist people when they take care of their artwork. Right, yeah. right, love that. Okay, cool. Then I want to ask Ben about your creative collective. What is coming up next for you? Or what is the next thing that you hope that people check out? Oh, uh, I'm not sure I should say it, because there's an Asian, yeah, there's an Asian belief that if you say something already when it's still not out yet, it might jinx it. Okay, we don't want to jinx your project. <laughs> we don't want to jinx it. Completely understand. So, Sorry. in other words, you have to check. You have to check her project on Pretty the much. internet, basically. So, where can people find you on social media or online to find out what your next mysterious project is? Oh, uh, you guys, oh, uh, you can like check my Instagram. It's kind of hard to say. It's called Wiki with six I at the end. Six I's. <laughs> so maybe you need to put like a box here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put I'll put your links everywhere, so it's very easy, and people don't have to yeah. guess. Yeah. Or you can follow from from another Instagram. Awesome. As well. yeah. Okay, cool. I'll make sure to put all those links there. And then we're at the end of our discussion for today. Do you have any last thoughts that you're burning to get out? Last thought. I I mean, okay. Well, just one thing. Like whoever like 
And this I got asked a lot. Okay. And maybe I should just say it now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> say it now. Like, a lot of people ask me, like, if you feel like there's a style that make you feel obsessed and very, like, stuck with it, how do you get out, right? The only way to get out is to collab with someone completely different from you. And to talk with them and to work it out. And that's it. That's all I, that's all I wanted to say. That's a good piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. I love that. Awesome. That's it for me. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome talk.